and it's easy to ignore something that's kind of at the planetary scale, even though it affects every individual location. And it feels like, well, I can't change everything, so I'm not going to try anything. When the reverse is true, if you want the United States or if you want your city to stop burning coal or stop using natural gas, whatever it might be, then you need to stop burning coal or using natural gas. It doesn't work the other way. So we're in sync on that front. And then, of course, I mean, the most important thing we can all do is get involved How do we deal with problems like this? How do we challenges of human nature and challenges of behavior? It's called politics. It's it's more important than ever to be involved. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you. Hear their struggles. And then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. David Biello is one of the few people I've met who understands the environmental issues. And he's not complaining, he's not talking doom and gloom, but he takes a simple but responsible perspective. Not to say that the solutions are simple, he's very sober about that. He wrote a book called, this is how I met him, is he wrote a book called The Unnatural World, The Race to Remake Civilization in Earth's Newest Age. He also writes for Scientific American. Behind the scenes, he's a science curator for TED. How we met was, I read about his book that he said, we have the money We have the technology. What we need is motivation. In my language, it's a leadership issue. So if you want to know what's happening from a sober, simple, relatively unbiased perspective, listen. He knows the issues and he cares. He's thought about what motivates people, what discourages people, what holds people back, and what can work. He also takes on a personal challenge that I think many people would resonate with. So if you're thinking about a personal challenge, I recommend listening. Hello, this is the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with David Biello. David, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. And I want to thank you very much for being on the show. And I thought I would share how we met because it was a really big deal for me. And when I was, I guess I was, I was reading the alumni magazine of Columbia University, and it had a review of a book called The Unnatural World by David Biello. And it said in it something that I had not seen and was a major precursor to this podcast. And the words that it said was that in his book, it said that David said, we already have the money and technology to make profound environmental change. What we need is large scale motivation. And in a leadership in the environment podcast, I read that as saying, we know what to do. We can do it. The question is, will we do it? Is that about right? Yes. Uh, in my view, you know, this is not a problem of technology. We we have the technologies we need. They could be better. It's really fundamentally a challenge of human nature, if you will. So I feel, to me, that seems pretty clear. And I don't, you're the only person I've come across who has said that. I feel like everyone else is saying, 
we need massive change in, changes in technology. We need to, I mean, stuff you wrote about in your book of seeding the ocean with things to cause algal blooms and things like that. Is it a rare, that perspective? Well, I don't want to say that it's rare because I think a lot of people uh, are aware of it. It's, in my view anyway, an uncomfortable perspective uh, because it asks people to do something. And if there's one thing, and to, and to really kind of take responsibility for their actions. And if there's one thing I know about myself and uh, you know, most of the humans I know, that's what we're looking to avoid. And uh, really, we use technology to solve those problems for us, right? And so everybody's kind of hoping that putting solar panels on rooftops or whatever it might be will be the one kind of, and I hate to use this cliche, but I'll do it anyway, a silver bullet that will solve the problem for us. We won't have to do anything ourselves. Or like you said, seeding the ocean and then, uh, or farming the ocean for kind of carbon management uh, will solve the problem for us. And then we won't have to do anything ourselves. That's what people are hoping for. And, uh, and that's why things aren't happening fast enough to address the scale of the, of the challenge here. So I've been motivated because this is how I've seen it. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like there's this attitude of like, you know, I want to fly, but I don't want to pollute. It's not my fault that the plane uses jet fuel and no one's invented the, an electric jet yet. Right. But that's not my fault. You know, I should, why shouldn't I be able to do what I want to do? Right. And exactly. Sacrifice. Nobody wants to uh, sacrifice. And I, trust me, I get that. Uh, and there are a lot of ways in which uh, the modern world is set up so that we're not even able to sacrifice. You know, your job might require you uh, to fly for one reason or another. That said, if not you, uh, who, right? You know, if we're, not, if we're not doing these things, then who is going to do them? And uh, if you think that uh, an electric jet is the answer, then you should be... <laughs> You should be working on that problem uh, yourself because it's not going to kind of uh, magically appear uh, by itself or, you know, take some small action of your own, whether that's uh, changing your diet or, I don't know, I think you told me this one, picking up a piece of trash uh, every day, whatever it might be uh, to make the world a little bit better than you found it rather than just kind of accepting the way things are. And do you see that happening much? Uh, no, uh, I see some of it, and certainly there are areas where it's uh, been more effective. So uh, here's an interesting story that I've found via my reporting about solar power uh, out in Arizona. So, uh, I mean, there are a few places on the planet where solar power uh, makes more sense than Arizona. I mean, it's sunny almost all the time. The electricity use is largely air conditioning, so that's when the sun is up is when the electricity use uh, is, uh, is kind of going bananas. And uh, yeah, solar power just makes a lot of sense there. Uh, and yet it wasn't happening. And so uh, as solar power finally became cheap enough and some new business models emerged, uh, a few people here and there uh, started to put solar panels on their roof and their neighbors noticed that. And those, are, those people, by the way, are kind of the, the trendsetters, the, the people who make it cool to have a, a solar roof, the early adopters in, uh, in tech parlance, I guess. And the number one predictor of whether you're going to go solar or not, and this isn't true just in Arizona, it's true everywhere, is whether your neighbors have solar panels on their roof. Huh. And in fact, uh, there were so many solar panels going on rooftops in Arizona that the local electric utilities 
uh, freaked out because everybody was kind of generating their own electricity and uh, the utilities were not able to make uh, money anymore because obviously the electricity, the use of the electricity they were providing from burning coal uh, or whatever else was declining. And so it became this huge uh, political battle. But that's another story. What I really wanted to focus on is this kind of domino effect, like uh, one early adopter does something, whether it's pick up a piece of trash or put solar panels on the rooftop. And then that sets off a kind of uh, a kind of chain reaction because, you know, the his neighbor or her neighbor sees those solar panels and is like, oh, that's pretty cool. And oh, man, that that gives them kind of energy independence. And, uh, you know, that's they look pretty cool. I like the way they look up there. And and suddenly you're off to the races because then that guy's neighbor uh, is like, oh, man, I want those, too. And that's how you kind of get to the pace and scale of change uh, that we need to address climate change and all these other uh, environmental challenges um, that are a result of our kind of uh, heedless lifestyle uh, at present. So that'll address one situation of household power in Arizona. Yeah. It doesn't address things of like fuel use, like airplanes or shit nope. or cars. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's got to get bigger, right? That's why that's why I'm saying it's not big enough yet, and that's why I, I'm also saying that the biggest impediment to that, the biggest challenge, is getting enough people on board, getting people to realize that it's on us, right? Each and every one of us to make these changes, to take these uh, actions and to, you know, get into motion. And, and it, it can be whatever it is that kind of inspires you, you know, uh, maybe you're, uh, I don't know, an animal lover, right? Uh, you love your, your cat or dog, your pet, you care about, you know, tigers um, in India and elsewhere, and you want animals uh, to be saved. Well, there are, you know, Animals waiting to be saved, uh, not too far away from our day-to-day lives, and they're called cows, pigs, and chickens. Uh, so maybe you just kind of reduce your meat consumption because you because you care about animals. You have to be the person who starts making these changes so that we can get to the scale of change that we need, so that species aren't going extinct, so that uh, climate change, so that you know carbon dioxide in the air we all breathe is not continually increasing because we're burning so much coal so that we're not, you know, putting billions of tons of plastic in the ocean. All these problems, all these environmental problems, they seem very separate, but they're actually all connected and they can only be solved together. And the sooner we can kind of realize that and get in motion on that, the sooner we can get where we want to be, which is a, a planet, frankly, where, where all life uh, is thriving. People, plants, animals, microbes, fungi, you name it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like everyone wants it. And I don't see a lot of people saying, I do want to take personal responsibility. Or rather, the people who do it are the ones who are already predisposed. And But are right. people changing from like, you know, I want a Hummer. I want to go to Machu Picchu whenever I want. I mean, the reason for this podcast is to try to get examples of people and I want to get like well-known, popular people, influential people to try it. You know, I want them to start on a small scale because it's much easier. But yeah. with the mindset of 
I think that a lot of people, when they do it, will on the after they've done it, will say, "I wish I'd done this earlier." I th- yeah. I hope to have an effect. Like I hope I'll affect millions and hundreds of millions and billions of people. And I don't know what else is going on out there to influence people because they're like, you know, so many people are like, well, you know, I got to wait for Paris for the U.S. to get back into Paris and laws to pass to force me to do stuff. But you don't. I mean, I don't see a lot of people saying like, I want to do this or I want to, you know. Yeah. Well, there's always a reason why not to do it, right? Like it's complicated. It's hard. Oh man, how am I going to, and I just keep coming back to this example for whatever reason, how am I going to give up uh, meat, you know, when I go out for lunch, uh, you know, there aren't so many vegetarian options, or if there are, they're, they're not delicious or they don't appear delicious to me. It's very easy to come up with reasons why not to do this. Like, and the easiest one of all is like, well, once, and you kind of alluded to it in that list you just gave, once the world changes, then I will change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like once everybody, once everything else is perfect, then, then I will be, you know, then I'll be doing this thing, whatever it might be, uh, kind of living a, a climate friendly lifestyle or, you know, living in a way that uh, enables, like I said, all life to, on this planet to thrive. But the reverse is true, right? The world is never going to change in that way unless you change. And so, yeah, that's why I wanted to come on your podcast. And I hope you succeed in your ambition. I think it's important, you know, to get these ideas out there to be at least discussed, right? Even if not everybody is, you know, quite ready to, to give up flying or, or pick up a piece of trash or whatever it might be, you know, at least those, those ideas can be out there. They can be uh, debated. Uh, they can be adopted, hopefully. And, uh, and we can get some of that change in human nature that I feel that we need. Yeah, I really hope that people listen to this and feel inspired and actually do stuff because so many people are, a lot of people, I think they feel like awareness, they view it as a step on the way to action. But I think in practice for most people, it becomes the end point. I was going to say, well, it also feels very disempowering, right? Because climate change is a global problem. Uh, Plastic pollution in the ocean is a global problem. Plants and animals going extinct is a global problem. But we live in a very uh, local way, right? And it's easy to ignore something that's kind of at the planetary scale, even though it obviously affects every individual um, location. And it feels like, well, I can't change everything, so I'm not going to try anything. When, again, the reverse is true. If you want the United States, or if you want your city to stop burning coal or uh, for electricity or stop using natural gas, whatever it might be, then you need to stop burning coal uh, or, or using natural gas. It doesn't work the other way. So yeah, we're in sync on that front. And then of course you do, I mean, the most important thing we can all do, uh, frankly, is kind of get involved because how do we, how do we deal with problems like this? How do we challenges of human nature and challenges of behavior? Well, it's called politics and uh, you know, it's, it's more important than ever uh, to be involved in kind of hashing out those decisions. You can't just leave that to someone else because we can all see where that has, uh, has led us. If you don't do it, if I don't do it, then it's not going to get done. And again, you can do it in a way that it kind of lines up with what you want to do 
uh, anyway. So, you know, in a selfish way, I like to write, right? Uh, you know, that gives me great pleasure. Uh, and so, you know, I can write about these ideas in a book like The Unnatural World uh, and hopefully change a few people's minds, change a little bit of human nature, and uh, in that way, make my contribution. We need everybody kind of on board with this. And that's how all those kind of little actions, uh, you know, what might seem trivial, like picking up a piece of trash, you know, if that's, if it's just one person, maybe it is trivial. But uh, if it's one person who then inspires two other people who then inspire two other people, pretty quickly, you can get exponential growth. And then suddenly, you know, the world is a cleaner place, or everybody's got solar panels on their roof, or, you know, name your your cause or your solution. And that's really why I say this is not a technology problem. It's a human nature problem. We have to take action. Yeah, I think that what I'm trying to do, can I mention the, what you're the curator of? Sure. Okay, so David is the science curator of TED. And yep. one thing that you said last time that we met was that uh, you said it's important to have one clear message in a TED Talk. Do, do I remember that right? Yep. And I've tried to distill what my goal is here because a lot of times I'll tell people, I'm trying to get people to change their behavior, like the man on the street, the, you know, a person on the street. And a lot of times they'll say, yeah, but you got to get industry to change and you got to get laws to mm-hmm. change. And ultimately, sure. and, I, and I point out how big social changes in the past, if you look at Martin Luther King or Vaclav Havel or Nelson Mandela or Gandhi, those changes came from outside government. But ultimately, really, Ultimately, it's to change government and politics. And so I think of what I'm doing is trying to get these laws passed that right now don't have popular support. And I want to make it easier for the politicians or hopefully get some more politicians in there who maybe don't think climate change is a hoax. And without that support coming from the ground level, you know, for the U.S. to pull out of the Paris Agreement makes economic sense. If you're in a tragedy of the commons and you defect, you gain in the short term. Right. Well, we don't have to... We can lower our emissions without the government telling us to, and then it doesn't make sense for us to pull out. If we were emitting less than the limits, we wouldn't need the agreement at all. Right. And you know, that's what I try to get to people. Like you, if you're not changing yourself ahead of time, it's tough to criticize someone who pulled out of the agreement if you yourself aren't really abiding by it. Right. Yeah. No, and it's... Uh... Like we discussed, our society is set up for for flying and driving and uh, using electricity generated from burning coal, and uh, you know eating steaks from uh, industrial feedlots and and kind of that's the way our society is set up. And if you want to change that, the change starts at the individual level, and then, like you said, if there are enough individuals who are kind of doing this, then suddenly it becomes easy to. Uh, change the laws or change behaviors at a at a much larger social level and I think you know you look at uh, the history of of social movements like you like you noted these things seem uh, impossible then they seem unlikely and then they seem you know uh, like something that has to be uh, stopped uh, for certain people mm-hmm. and then they seem easy right like uh, you think about kind of the the moral switch on slavery or smoking. Those things uh, seemed impossible. You know, you, you go back to the 1950s and you look at a, a comic book of the future, right? There were the the flying cars and there were the kind of brillantined smoking dads, right? No one could imagine that people would not be smoking in the year 
2017, which is where we are, right? Which was the impossible future in the 1950s. And yet here we are, and smoking is, I mean, it's not gone, but the shift on smoking just in my lifetime has been transformative. It's great for people's health. It's good for the planet. And that's the kind of example, I mean, it seems uh, small compared to, say, slavery or, uh, you know, freeing India, ending apartheid in uh, South Africa. Um, But that's the kind of shift that I think many Americans alive today have actually seen, right, in their lifetime. And that's the kind of shift that we're talking about here. And that happened because, you know, individuals realized, oh, smoking is not good for me, so I'm going to quit. More and more people quit. Suddenly it became possible for uh, there to be laws against smoking in, say, uh, a restaurant. When I was growing up, who would have imagined that there wouldn't be smoking in bars, right? Like that was the place where people smoked. And <laughs> yeah. yet here we are in New York City and there's no smoking in bars. That's and actually when, when they pass that law in New Jersey, they didn't pass it. And people thought, well, people are going to go to New Jersey, but it ultimately... New Jersey had to change it because people were leaving New Jersey to come to Manhattan to avoid the smoke. The opposite right. of what people predicted at the time. Right. Because, because it made for a more enjoyable place and kind of the, the moral switch had, had been flipped, right? Smoking was not perceived the same way uh, that it had been even five, 10 years before. Um, and people were like, no, I don't want that around me because uh, it's bad for me. And that is the switch that hasn't quite been flipped yet on the environmental front. It's like, oh, it's probably bad for me. And yeah, I'm noticing all these uh, bad things, but it seems really hard and I don't really want to do it. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of keep living my life uh, the way I have. And that is the switch that I am working on and that I want to change that mental model, that belief of that association of changing your behavior to reduce your pollution, your emissions, your resource depletions. I believe that people view it as sacrifice and deprivation. Right. And in what I want to get out of this podcast is lots and lots of people, including increasingly influential, well-known celebrities and people like that to try it out. And I predict that some will not do it. They'll say, I'll try it and they won't. But some, and I think the majority I think that they will come across on the far end of it saying, I wish I'd done this earlier because I'm not telling them what to do. I, this is my goal is I, right. by saying to them, what's a value that you have? What's something that you could do to meet that value? And I think that when they do that, then they'll come out on the far end being value. They're picking something that they value, value, evaluate. And that means good. That they're going to replace something that they don't like with something that they do like. Exactly. There will be a challenge because like you said, we grew up in a world that looked at we're such a, it's such a giant planet. What can one person do? And people still think that even with the front page of the New York Times saying what's happening. Yep. And what was required in the smoking place case was for enough people to realize, you know, this is killing me. And the same is true of these environmental challenges. This is killing me, David Biello, you, uh, Josh, and, and any, any individual, this is not, This is not some faraway problem. This is not some abstract problem. It is shortening lives in the same way that that smoking did. And once we kind of have that same mental model, as you said, then I think uh, the change will become easier and also inevitable. And I do, you know, I'm, uh, I guess, an optimistic guy. I see 
a lot of positive indications on this front. So one of the most positive outcomes of that solar war uh, situation out there in Arizona that I talked about a little bit earlier is that the solar homeowners kind of banded together to fight the utilities. And the solar homeowners that banded together were both the people who really cared about climate change and put the solar panels on the roof because they wanted to uh, cut down on their pollution. But it was also, I guess, libertarian types who would put the solar panels on their roof because they wanted to be free of the electric utility and they wanted kind of energy independence. So there were kind of multiple routes to the same uh, solution. And then you got this kind of unusual political coalition in favor of solar power. So you had the the Greens, the environmentalists uh, in that coalition, but you also had the Tea Party types um, <laughs> in that coalition. So it was kind of like the Green Tea Coalition, right? And that's powerful because those are not people who get together on many other issues, maybe any other issues. And it cuts across party lines. And it's kind of, again, once you get to that point, unstoppable, right? And so, you know, that's, that's where I see like many different signs of hope that these things are happening and that, that, that solar example can show how you go from, you know, just one person doing something to this kind of powerful popular coalition in favor of, you know, clean, green uh, energy. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. Yeah, I hope that people listening are concluding not oh, good, something's happening in Arizona. I don't have to worry about it. But <laughs> That's the, true. I think that one key thing that happens is people have to act and not just think about. Yes. And once you act, more than progress happens is your life gets better. And you, in that case, I presume that your power bills are going to go down. You're going to get the independence. You're going to meet your neighbors. You're going to talk to neighbors that you normally wouldn't talk to. But yep. whatever you do, even if you love eating meat, if you really put yourself, if you put your mind to it and you reduce the amount by a fair amount. I think you'll probably find, if you complain about it and think, oh, poor me, yeah, you're probably going to suffer. But if you look at it and say, well, this is something important to me, other people seem to be happy. Other, you know, people are able to find happiness somehow. Maybe I can too. And you put yourself up to the challenge. I think you'll find out that you'll, you'll be glad you did and wish you did it earlier. Yeah. And it's empowering, right? You'll feel better, right? Because when you feel empowered, uh, you know, you're out there, you're, you're making change and, and meeting people, like you said, and that's, you know, we have a, and this is a topic for another time, we have a kind of crisis of uh, isolation and loneliness in this country. And this is a way uh, to, to get moving on that too, right? Like it's, uh, to use another horrible cliche, it's one of those uh, win-win situations. So speaking of action, <laughs> you know, this is, I'm going to ask you, at your option to take on a personal challenge that it doesn't have to change the world overnight. It doesn't have to be, you know, Herculean, but something that will, that you value that you come up with that will move the needle at least some measurable amount. Uh, and it can be temporary, but I hope that you'll think about doing it in the long term. Have you thought of something? Yes. And first I want to say 
you know, it can't just be writing like I talked about earlier. No, I'm actually one person wow. did. He's a big influencer. <laughs> and he, he said he grew up, his family listened to Rush Limbaugh and all. And he uh-huh. said he's going to write an article that is going to go to that community. And he thinks he's not aware of anyone who's done something like it before. So he's taken that on. His challenge was going to be to get a, uh, an article that makes an impression in a sense of like it took a Nixon to open China. That right. he's gonna, he thinks that he has a credibility that people on the left don't have. And yeah. he really likes influencing. So that's one that he did. So I never thought of that. He can't, I was like, I can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, that's awesome. I, that's obviously what I do professionally. So it feels a little bit like cheating if I was to choose that. So I'm going to go with, uh, just because I mentioned it a couple, well, I'm actually torn because I mentioned two uh, on this, eating less meat and uh, picking up trash. But I feel in the aggregate, eating less meat would be more impactful. So that's, that's what I, and it goes with the smoking, right? I'll, I'll probably be healthier. So, yeah. So the, I mean, when I look at the numbers, le- eating less beef is one of the big ones Yeah. Uh, to say nothing of animal issues of, in terms of environmental, it's a really big deal. Yeah. And do you eat a lot of meat now or do you not eat that much? I eat, I, you know, I'm from the, I grew up in the Midwest. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was certainly raised eating a lot of meat. I eat less than I did back then, but certainly I eat my fair share of meat. I'm certainly, I'm eating meat, uh, let's say, you know, two, three, two, even three meals a day. Well, no, probably no more than two. I don't really eat meat for breakfast, but you know, I I will often say, you know, have a, I don't know, a roast beef sandwich for lunch and then a piece of uh, fish for dinner or whatever. So eating less meat would, would be a way that all right. That's so people like listening at home, they can't say, oh, well, yeah, he doesn't eat meat anyway. So this is, yeah, it's yeah, significant. Yeah. Yes. And when you say less, can we quantify that to make it uh, like a smart goal? Sure. Let's say I will eat meat no more than twice a week. Okay. So that's a big drop that went from one yeah. twice a day to twice a week. Yeah. And how long do you think it will take to have a meaningful experience? I think it would probably be a meaningful experience kind of right away, but uh, how about a month? Okay, so... Let's uh, see how that goes. Or, you know, you advise me. You're the one who... Uh, I don't normally do this stuff. And I I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, setting goals around... I do a lot of environmental improvements, but I, I don't necessarily set the goals this way. I think a month would be a solid amount. Good? I think... Okay. If, yeah, I think you'll have more than enough chance in that time to be to like face and overcome challenges. Right. Do you have your calendar handy, or should can we schedule it, or should we it's, schedule? It's it's on my uh, phone that I'm talking to you on. So uh, let's say this starts. What is today? Today's August the seventeenth. So 17th. September seventeenth would be a Sunday. I don't know if you're up for that, but I, it would work for me. It depends on whether I'm probably not. It kind of depends on travel schedules and children's schedules and stuff like that. Let's say like sometime that week, like the 18th, 19th. I don't know exactly what. Um, okay. I mean, those days are all open for me. How about okay. Monday morning or Tuesday morning? Let's say that. And I will actually check my calendar once we get off the phone. Okay. So can you <laughs> send, you'll send me a calendar invitation? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anytime those mornings works for me. And okay. I haven't figured out yet how I'm going to do the, uh, am I going to edit this out? So, cause I've recorded all these like scheduling. Yeah. Conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but it, I, I mean, it could be interesting to people. Yeah. Uh, just in the sense of like, it's not easy, right? Like you, 
it's not that it's sacrifice, but it's like, it is a change in your life, right? Um, exactly. It's, I think and, that I've lately become more and more comfortable with saying I am, I'm going to be, or I am the Martin Luther King of the environment, the Nelson Mandela of the environment. This is like <laughs> one of the struggles you talked about, you know, have a struggle. And yeah. to call myself that for me is like a big deal. And so far everyone has been like, Hey, high five. Great. I don't think they realized what I'm talking about, but yeah. when I, like Martin Luther King at the beginning, no one knew where Montgomery was. No one knew about a bus boycott. No one would have expected that to, you know, he didn't have a Nobel prize. He was right. doing like scheduling who's going to pick up so-and-so on this morning. It's a mm-hmm. hundred degree weather sometimes in Montgomery yeah. in the summer. Oh yes. So this is what it is. And it's not, it's to me, yeah. it's a grunt. My, my grunt model of how to become a leader is like you do what no one else will yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it. And I think the other important part of what you're doing uh, from an environmental perspective is, you know, this whole thing, there are two pieces uh, to the challenge here. One is we're trapped in this thinking of like, it's the economy or the environment, right? Like you can have a beautiful, you can have beautiful air and clean water and, you know, thriving uh, forests and, and what have you, as long as you don't want jobs. And if you want jobs, you have to have a, you know, dirty air, dirty water and, and no forests, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the way people think about it. So this starts to address the fact that you can actually have both at the same time. And then on the other hand, it gets to kind of the uh, hypocrisy challenge, which is, oh, well, you're telling me, you know, not to, to burn coal or fly and, or whatever, you know, you're asking people to do, but you're not doing anything, right? And that, and too often that has been true, right? Like, you think about these uh, international climate change negotiations, right? And all the people who had to fly Flying to in, yeah. this oh. place or that place, right? And um, that's a challenge uh, because you need to have uh, both. So yeah, I'm not here to say that like it wouldn't be great to uh, invent uh, an electric jet or uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of uh, climate-friendly jet fuel, uh, if that's even possible. I guess Elon Musk can can handle that in his spare time. I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, that is a big challenge here. It's like, well, you know, you're not doing this, so why should I? Or, you know, you're uh, a hypocrite for, for driving to work, uh, or I have to drive to work, right? Not me personally, but, you know, for a lot of people to get to their job, they have to drive, right? What is the alternative? Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people, I think they look at this and they say, you know, I can't do anything. I'll just throw my hands. And yeah, exactly. I think that's what has left this big, I perceive this big gap for me to start this podcast of leadership in the environment is no one's doing it and they're right. all waiting for someone else. And I'm like, I can't tell you the number of times that I felt like giving up of just yeah. like, everyone's like, oh, you should work with other people, not me. Or it's so many different things. You've, you've run down a bunch of things. That I can tell that you have had these conversations and. Yeah. And it's so much top down, right? Like uh, everybody's waiting like, oh, okay, well, we'll get a law. And then that will fix the problem, right? Um, and it, that it will come from the top and trickle down to the bottom. But the reality is for the kind of change that we're talking about, it has to come from the bottom up. It has to come from people acting individually in their own life uh, to make the changes that we need to have this thriving, beautiful version of the unnatural world. So talking that way, I really look forward to talking to you in a month to hear how things went. I have a feeling, and I don't want to seed anything, but I have a feeling <laughs> that you will also 
find other things. Like I think that within a week or two, you'll be like, okay, this one's down. What's next? And I mean, partly I'm saying that because I hope and because then other people will hear, well, if I start this one change, it'll lead to other bonuses and other benefits and other things that I like in my life. Right. Yeah, it, no. And that's, that's exciting, right? Because when you get empowered, suddenly you feel like you can do anything, or at least that's been my experience. And uh, it gets you excited to take on other, other challenges. So, and it's not like we don't have a lot of challenges. Yeah. And the challenges are how we grow. So yeah. I look forward to talking to you in a month. And is there anything, any last things to, to cover before wrapping up? Uh, no, I, and not that I, um, unless you have other questions, I, I think we covered a lot think, of ground. Then I think the real, I think it's the next conversation is going to be really interesting to hear how things develop and change for you. So thank you very much. And I look forward to talking to you then. Yep. Have a good end of the summer. Thank you. As you said, making a difference requires taking responsibility. People prefer technological silver bullets, government silver bullets, and other ways for others to act first so that they don't have to. But following others to act against your values is not leadership. By contrast, as he points out, research shows that early adopters make a difference. So if you care, adopt early, lead, take on a personal challenge. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click on take on a personal challenge. And he points out that we have done this before. From smoking to freeing South Africa and India to ending slavery, there are many examples giving hope. As he says, this is not about deprivation. This is about caring and community and making a difference on your values. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.